The Lord be with you. Reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Jesus came down the mountain with the twelve and stood on a stretch of level ground with a great crowd of his disciples and a large number of the people from all Judea and Jerusalem and the coastal region of Tyre and Sidon. And raising his eyes towards his disciples, he said, Blessed are you who are poor, for the kingdom of God is yours. Blessed are you who are now hungry, for you will be satisfied. Blessed are you who are now weeping, for you will laugh. And blessed are you when people hate you and when they exclude and insult you and denounce your name as evil on the account of the Son of Man. Rejoice and leap for joy on that day. Behold, your reward will be great in heaven. For their ancestors treated the prophets in the same way. But woe to you who are rich. For you have received your consolation. Woe to you who are now filled for you will be hungry. Woe to you who laugh now, for you will grieve and weep. And woe to you when all speak well of you, for their ancestors treated the false prophets in the same way. The Gospel of the Lord. Today's gospel is a passage called the Beatitudes. We've heard of them often, right? Matthew has his Beatitudes, and Luke has his Beatitudes and woes. And Jesus is beginning his public preaching with the Beatitudes. The Beatitudes are shocking. They present an other way of looking at the world from God's point of view that we often as humans of the world don't see the world. And so I've been trying to think of a contemporary example to help us understand and talk about these Beatitudes. So here's what I came up with. Blessed are you who lose the Super Bowl. <laughs> and I'm only half joking because these Beatitudes really are speaking to that dynamic. Later on today, many players, many coaches, many families, many fans, some are going to be very happy <laughs> and some are going to be very sad. Some might even be devastated. 
But the Beatitudes teach, blessed are you who lose the Super Bowl. Because that occasion can invite us to become a better person. Of course, one option is that it devastates us and we quit, and that's not good. But the other option is to ponder on that loss and say, next year I'm going to do better, and so dedicate yourself to improvement. From a worldly point of view, that's good. But Jesus is saying more than that. And as you might guess, ultimately we're called to recognize the Super Bowl is really just a game. But some of us, all of us I would say, have something that's like the Super Bowl in our lives. Something that we hold in such high esteem that our success or failure can devastate us. And yes, there's very good things, our careers, our families, what we do. But ultimately what God is saying is that there is something beyond this world that he invites us to have, a beatitude. It is a bliss meant to be fully realized in heaven, but even now, the assurance of that bliss and the peace that God gives us can be a strength that gets us through life's biggest difficulties. That is what God is offering. And sometimes it is those difficulties that invite us and force us to dig deeper and ask, is there something more or is this all it is? And come to know that love that God has for us, that he gave us his only begotten son to save us and to bring us eternal life. The world offers happiness if things go right. But God offers us eternal bliss if we have faith, no matter how things go in this world. And so I know the Super Bowl is just a game. As a matter of fact, there's probably a billion people or so who don't even care about the Super Bowl, who's not even going to think about it. People who are in ICU beds, people who are in war zones, people who are victims of violence, slavery, human trafficking, homeless, poverty, disease, injustice. Right, the list goes on. For them, they couldn't care less about the Super Bowl. But even for these, the Beatitudes do say that God's blessing and presence can be so powerful in their lives that even though they are suffering greatly, they can have an eternal, internal strength that God can see them through this. And that's a blessing and a beatitude. But part of the beatitudes also are if we have that beatitude and that blessing, we should not be comfortable with simply saying those who suffer 
can find God. We should help them find God. We should help ease their suffering and know what's really important in life. And so we are called to give drink to the thirsty, food to the hungry, welcome the stranger, etc., and do the works of mercy. And yes, as we do those things, I may give someone a cup of water today and tomorrow they might just be thirsty again and we wonder what's the use. But what can happen as we give that cup of water or that act of charity is that in so doing, we can give them that beatitude. Or it might be the occasion where they find that beatitude or have it renewed and their hope renewed again. And in that one little act, we've given an eternal gift of infinite value. And so, today's modern translation, blessed are they who lose the Super Bowl and learn these lessons. But Luke adds the woes. And so I have a woe also. Blessed are those who win the Super Bowl. You know, there are parts of our, even though life's serious, there are parts of our life that really are just a game. And the parts of our lives that really are a game are the things that sometimes we take very seriously. But anything that is passing, anything that in years from now won't make that big of a difference, right? Things like our titles, our positions in the corporate world, many of our accomplishments, we can, like those athletes, get really involved, try hard to better ourselves, make these accomplishments, reach our goals, but in the end, those make no difference on God's kingdom. And so, woe to those who win the Super Bowl or these games. We can become so self-focused so comfortable in that victory that we don't pay attention to what is really important. Or we can become so focused on those and continue to strive to achieve them that it distracts us from what's really important. Jesus tells us what's important. And these Beatitudes help us see the world as God sees the world, not as we of the world tend to see it. You see, because God came into the world because there was a problem. Due to sin, there was suffering and pain and loss. And so God came into the world to transform the world into his kingdom. And he began that process and he said, I'm going to come back and bring the fullness of that kingdom by power. But now I invite others to share in that ministry to do it by love. And so if we are a member of his kingdom, if we have his beatitude, we are sharing in his ministry. And we can't help but look around the world and feel uncomfortable by how far we've yet to go. Don't get me wrong. We should never feel so uncomfortable that we're overwhelmed because Christ will come back and establish the fullness of that kingdom. 
but we should never feel so comfortable or confident of that that we shouldn't feel uncomfortable now. And if we are working for the kingdom and helping to bring it about, as goes the master, so goes the disciple. He suffered tremendous suffering and persecution for the sake of the kingdom. And that's the beatitude. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward in heaven will be great. And so today, the Beatitudes teach us that we are in the world, but not of the world. God has a promised eternal bliss for all of us. We can participate in it now. It can be our strength. But we should never be so confident of that, that this world does not disturb us some, so that we work to bring about the kingdom to those that God has given us to do it but we should never be so overwhelmed by anything in this life that we lose sight, that nothing can separate us from that beatitude that God has planned for those who love him.